And welcome back to We're Not Made for Everyone podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a topic that we have kind of brought up a few times in some of our episodes. So we want to kind of start the year off with addressing it, making people more um, culturally sensitive to things so we don't keep making the same mistakes, give people opportunity to understand what's going on and <clears throat> probably have asked the proper questions so we're not offending people but learning from people. I have on here a um, pretty good friend, uh, I will say. Um, and I trust his information. I trust what he says. And he's going to bring stuff to, to inform us so we grow as people and we can stay professional and we can stay sensitive in our cultures and our communities. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. My name is Lenny. Um, I'm actually open on pronouns, so he, him, she, hers, they're all fine with me. Um, I worked uh, in outreach uh, for a couple years. Um, I identify as gender nonconforming, and I am happy to be here. Okay. So, um, uh, so what are your pronouns again? Uh, I'm actually open on pronouns. So some people are very specific with the pronouns that they prefer, whether it is he and his or she and her. And some people have preferences on non-gender pronouns, so them and they. I am open to all pronouns, honestly. Um, I don't get offended by any of them in either way. Generally, in a professional setting, I tend to go by he and him, but it depends on the place. Okay, so as you see, I understand why I asked that question because they want to be, you know, respectable and understand how to be, understanding where you come from and not to just brush you off and not say, well, you're non-binary, so I don't have to, you know. Yes, you do. I just, my thing is you have to ask the questions to be respectful, to understand who they are and where they're coming from. Because I don't understand how we in a world where we post progress so much, but we're so close-minded. Right. So. I, I definitely agree with that. It is definitely a, a conversation to have um, about asking someone, you know, what are your preferred pronouns is the way to pose that question. Or how do you like to be referred? How would you like, you know, for me to refer to you is always a nice, easy, simple way to open that conversation up. Um, and a good rule of thumb that I've been told over the years is to simply go by how people present themselves. So, you know, if you see someone, even if they don't seem, you know, quote unquote feminine to you, if they have on, you know, wig and a dress, then, you know, you would be safe to refer to them as she. Good note. I hope the listeners hear that. Good note. That is a very good note because a lot of times, and I'll just use my personal experience. A lot of times I would just say, my name is and your name is and, and try to address them by their name first because some people are not comfortable giving pronouns at first, but I, I like to be able to address you in a respectable manner. If I get your name, I can at least address you by your name and give you the respect and honor you do as being just a, a human being, period. Exactly. So... <laughs> <clears throat> that, that's that's quite interesting to 
if the person appears that way, rule of thumb is to address them that way. And I, I, I appreciate you giving that information. Now, here's something that I always find so strange. And as you know, knowing me, I'm very heavily involved in my church and doing stuff in ministry. And it's always a taboo topic in that in that arena. Mm-hmm. But but and my thing is, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I'm cool with it. Um, if I'm saying I'm a Christian and I say I love people, I should shun somebody who comes in there. I should show them respect and love as a person. Just because I see a person may not agree with everything they do, I'm supposed to shun them. I would agree with that. Okay. 100%. Because we have to put it out there. End of the day, we have to respect everyone. End of the day, mm-hmm. we have to show love to everyone. Now, in what you do, I may not agree with, but I should not stop showing love and respect to you as a person. And and I think one of the things that people get misconstrued and they get a little confused on is they confuse respecting something and endorsing something. I can respect your identity, who you are, and at the same time not endorse it or say that, oh, this is the way the world should be or this is, you know, the way I want my children to be. You can respect it without promoting it, like, don't don't tear me down, just respect me. And whether you believe it or agree with it, that, that's your personal life and your personal decision. But they're two different things. But sometimes people feel like they can't even give respect because they feel like to give respect is to condone something or give it an okay. And that, you know, has always been a problem. Okay, Nene, do you think it's a problem more in the black community, Hispanic community, or the white community? Hmm. Good question, huh? <laughs> I mean, it is, and I can I, I can really only speak for the community that I'm in, which is the black community. I think it is definitely, you know, if you are to, to list our issues as a community it definitely inhabits this interesting space where it is almost for a while I think it's been a safe safe thing to kind of pick on and nitpick at being you know in religion and in the church it's like okay if I talk about premarital sex I might step on such and such toes but if I talk about you know getting pregnant out of wedlock that might you know step on such and such toes but homosexuality has always been an easy target where it's like, oh, you know, everybody can kind of get on board with that and kind of address it. And I think that's why it seems to be a bigger issue in the black community than it does in other communities. And maybe that's why it seems like we have such a hard time dealing with that. But I feel like those times are slowly changing where it is now, you know, I'll, I'll either, either way. <laughs> Times are changing in that regard. I'll put it that way. Okay. I respect that. Um, so in, in that, 
uh, trying to think of how to be diplomatic and, and approach this situation that has happened that I've seen children going to foster care. You know, I do social work. So I've seen a lot of children that are afraid to embrace who they are, rather they're non-binary, rather they're pansexual, rather they're uh, questioning queer, rather they're bisexual, or rather they're homosexual. They're struggling to identify because they are in the system of the state and they feel like they have to go with what society says they should be because they are a certain gender. Mm-hmm. So what can we do to try to help that? Because I know we have brought in the Zebra Coalition that's in uh, the Orlando area. And it's somewhat, but then they don't want to go to them because then they feel like they're going to get labeled because they went to them to get clarity. Mm. So you see the, the dilemma? <laughs> that That is definitely a dilemma because you're taking somebody who's already in a disenfranchised position. Mm-hmm. You are making them, you know, potentially a minority and a minority within a minority in this system that they're trying to navigate. So it really does kind of stack obstacles against them. Um, yeah. And, and I think that that is the hard part. It's hard to structure, structurally solve that issue. Um That, that's a difficult one, but I, I always say it starts so small. These misconceptions and these, these phobias that we have about people, we tend to perpetrate them in our everyday life with, you know, the language that we use, the jokes that we use. Um, something as little as giving respect to people and honoring people's pronouns in their everyday life respecting people's lifestyle even if you don't agree with it not making a joke of people's you know lifestyle and their presentation and their sexuality can go a long way towards ultimately reducing the stigma around these things which is the cause of the problem in all these different areas and it's one of those things where people who aren't subject to the stigma don't don't realize that it's there it's just True. the burden of the people who have to live under it very true statement. You're 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 hitting the nail on the head. And I, I as them, I always tell them this is something, and you could tell me if I need to change my verbiage on it. Okay. Um, I tell them when they come in, I say I don't care. What's your preference? I care about you being right. Somebody's taking care of you mentally, physically, and getting the help that you need. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you. Do I need to change that when I address them? No. Um, I, I think that's a, gr- a, a great place to start. Yeah. Um, and and it, it kind of sets the the tone. As long, as long as you're consciously setting the tone, because these are younger people that you're dealing with, as long as you're setting the tone that they can be open with you, um, that that's a great place to start because 
one of the things, one of the problems, I'll say, because I identify as gender non-conforming, and that's language that hasn't always been around. That's something that just came up in the last couple of years. Yeah. You have young people that you're dealing with in their formative years, and a lot of times they don't even know what they are. They don't know how to identify. They don't even know what it is that they like, what they don't like. They don't necessarily have the language to be able to express who it is that they are. So it's not even so much um, them knowing who they are and trying to see if you can accept that they are still a lot of times on that journey themselves trying to figure out who it is that they are. So it's, you know, you want to you want to create that dynamic where there is an openness because they may be discovering who they are with you. And as long as they know that they're safe to do that discovery, then that goes a long way to, you know, creating relationships with them. Because I, I have had a few of, you know, past clients that they embrace who they were. And they come back to me now saying, you made me feel comfortable with who I was and trying to figure out who I was, even though you're, quote, unquote, a minister at the church. I thought you would be the first one to judge me, but you were the first one to extend love to me. Mm, so I want to kind of keep that going. I don't want them to get caught up in if I don't fully endorse or agree with some of the stuff they do. Because some of their stuff is not just a... Um, a sexual preference. Some of them get involved with just toxic relationship, period. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. now I try to get them to a place to understand them, knowing they're worth knowing who they are. You got to self-love before you can understand to try to love somebody in a way that you haven't been loved. Because if you know how to love you and treat you, you can show them how to love and respect you. So it's one of those things where I don't want them to get caught up in trying to find that label as they say first let's find you and how to love you first so we don't have to worry about that and then i believe if we get in that that mindset that we could make a difference in the community because some people what i have found out being in this industry being in this this field of work is some children were molested and they thought that when they know them and they find out that's not what they really want. And now you got to help them get the right counsel, get the right everything to figure out what do they want? Who are they? What do they really mm-hmm. like? So it's, it's, I don't want people to get I, I caught up agree. in those things too. Go ahead. I will agree that self-love is important. But I will say... Self-love isn't always the only thing. So, for me personally, I was, you know, I was, I, I, I was like, you know, I am a gay man. That was the original starting point for me and my, you know, self-discovery. And for a while, after you know, meeting people and kind of learning more about myself, I thought I was, you know, trans. I looked at myself as a trans woman, and none of those labels seemed to fit. And I was always pushing and focusing on, you know, self-love, learning myself, trying to figure me out. And nothing really sat right with me. Nothing really felt comfortable. It was when I had the language and the label of 
gender non-conforming, that it was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, that is what this is. I'm not just, you know, some freak in the world that doesn't belong in a space or have a place. I was working on that self-love, but when you actually realize that you aren't the only one, that you're, you know, not some freak in the universe by yourself, and you actually have language for what you are, it helps settle that self-love. Because sometimes self-love isn't going to take you all the way. No, I just think that's just a step to start with. Because... That's that's you got you gotta have a starting point that builds you as you figure you out too. Because if you mm-hmm. don't know how to build you, have a confidence and be strong in who you are, and I hate to say this and I've seen it so many times to people who are not get just stoned in all kind of things and and the time to get them the therapy and the help they need, the tools they need to get that set. It is a process for them. And you know, somebody does not have to go through it. Keyword I say have, does not have to. Let's not have them go through it. I understand things in life, how life plays out, some of the things go through, build the person who they are and makes them have the passion to do things to things they do. I do understand that. But it, you ain't got to go through it. Let's not go through it. Right. <laughs> That's just who I am. So, all right, I want you to kind of inform our um, listeners because you're giving great information so far. Um, in a workplace, where you have the, I say, the, the, the person of the phobia, transphobia, phobia. In the workplace, we had the person just have the phobia of everything that's in the LBTQIA, you know, community. What, mm-hmm. what, what, how are we going to address that? What do we need to do? Is it a part of education and training, or is just that person is insensitive? I, I think the problem and the question becomes how is this quote unquote phobia? presenting itself because if you know you have a discomfort a dislike for people in the LGBTQ community that's one thing is it affecting you know your professionalism are you still being polite and respectful in the workplace and I don't think that requires this massive education that we always try to do um and don't get me wrong education is needed but sometimes it is as simple as my mama used to always say even a dog got the time of day the basis of being able to speak being able to be polite being able to be respectful and fair as you know how to be that if you can't apply those that's not something I can educate out of you. That is a mean spirit and an evil that you're going to have to work on on your own because you made the choice not to give that to the next person. Now, once we get past that decision and we start talking about the how to be respectful, how do I deal with pronouns, how do I address you, those particular questions, that can be educated. 
but the first step is really more a question of willingness to be polite and professional. Uh, I, I think I have a problem at my job because I don't think some of them like to be professional and be polite. Because mm-hmm. as simple things is speaking to someone just to say hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening is a struggle for a lot of them out there. So when I see them struggle with children that come in that may be questioning or looking for directions and all of that on who I am, because you coming into, say, the average age of coming in has been 13. 13 mm-hmm. is already a, a real <laughs> sensitive age, uh-huh. I use that. <laughs> sensitive age, because you have some hormones that's beginning to get active, things when to get, you know, you have a lot of things that you already working through an almost an awkward age. So, you know, it's a lot mm-hmm. of the work to it and you don't need another person in your life that you have already dealing with trauma, even coming into custody of state because whether you are abused or neglected, left, you know, you're already dealing with that trauma. And then to have somebody who's working and supposed to be a support to you, to you being insensitive, having a phobia against you or whatever, it makes it very difficult. And I'm like, the first part of when you, you was really talking about, you had to deal with that person, what's going on with them to just have some level of professionalism and being respectful to peers and people around you. Then how do you supposed to be to these children who are, who are looking and longing for, for, for the right kind of love in their life, the right kind of direction, somebody to be empathetic and, and, and understand them if you're still dealing with you. Right. That's probably another conversation for another day. But as far as the dealing with our own traumas and issues, take it out into the world and put it on somebody else. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) 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 It is. It is. I'm just looking at a place for us to be respectful to any community. And I, I, I really just want you on the show because you're educated and you have been a person outreaching, doing things that you could bring some education to the listeners out there on certain things. Some things people just don't know. And it's not that they're trying to mean and the information you're giving is helping the people who just don't know so they can grow as people. Right. And that that's that's what this platform is for me on my on this podcast because I say I'm we're not made for everyone. It, we're not. But we're here to help as much as we can. Right. And, and, and I think if you are in the workplace and we've gotten over the first hurdle and you've made the decision that you want to be a decent person and you want to be nice and respectful to people, the next part is the language. And the thing that I'll say about this and this you know, some people may like it, some people may not. Um, the language can be difficult to get a handle on because the way we generally learn language and the way we practice language language here is so gendered. Everything is either he or she. When you are now in a professional space with someone who does not fit that binary, it can throw your words off and it can be tricky. Um, so there is a learning curve involved with it. Um, the first thing is 
once again, be polite and ask people what their pronouns are, how they want to be addressed. And then it is an issue of practicing those things. And I think on both sides of the conversation, we have to understand that sometimes you are going to get it wrong. Sometimes there's going to be a oops. But once again, going back to the first step of making the decision to be nice, Mm -hmm. people know when you're in the workplace when you honestly made a grammatical error versus, oh, you just said that to be nasty. So as long as you are practicing and trying to put your best foot forward with whatever the new languages that you're having to learn with the person that you're interacting with, that's really all you can ask for. And, you know, as the person who is, you know, non-binary, I have to understand that, you know, sometimes I have to give people a little grace because if my pronouns are they and them, that might be a little difficult for somebody to grasp right away when it's something, when, you know, those are pronouns that they've never used before. But I think one thing that you said earlier is really great. All else fails, go back to their name. <laughs> I, to me, that's the safest place for me. Because mm-hmm. my heart is, I don't want to make somebody feel a certain way. Being a black man, period. I can't even go no further than that. Just being a black man in this world, in this country. If you can respect me enough to just address me by my name correctly. Keyword mm-hmm. I said correctly. That goes a lot further because that means you're taking thought and consideration in how you're addressing me. Because some people, as all of us know who listen and you on the, on this show with me, people people of different or fair skin seem to some time not respect you because you're not the same hue or your skin is not fair as theirs to who you are. We haven't even got to the other parts of you because you're a multifaceted person and you're not just a one-dimensional person. And this thing is, we want to show respect to everyone. We want, And as me, coming from the Christian aspect, I want to show respect and love to everyone. And and, and that's the same you got to do. And, and, and that because you don't know me, we show respect to loved one could actually literally have them rethink that suicidal thought. Hmm. Because it, it, it's really that real out here right now. But, you know, as you know, because you're in the profession you're in, with this pandemic still going on, isolation is really getting at some people. Absolutely. And you have to be a loving, compassionate people to the people out there, out there, no matter who they are. Keyword, I said who they are. And I'm talking about in all aspects. Whether it's cultural identification uh, sexual origin, whatever it is, who they are, because they are a who, they're not a what. Let me put that out there. Right. They are who, not a what. <laughs> can we Absolutely. can we just get Honestly, that clear out there? That one more time, if you like, because that is that is very important. <laughs> and, and 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 with that, going back, you know, to the workplace, there are some things that are definitely inappropriate that we don't care about that you shouldn't ask so if if you're in the workplace as far as their genitalia surgeries that they've had questions about their body that that that's off the table And, and it's not even professional but those types of things should not come up in conversation 
Um, so that is something that will be listed, you know, as a definite no-no. Um, when you're dealing with a trans person and you have things like dead names. So if I was born male, transitioned to female, and I now have a female name. Whether you have access to my old name or not, whether you know my name, old name or not, even to ask about my old name is not something that should be a topic of conversation. Address me here as I am now as I present myself to you. And all of those other questions should matter. And I think that goes into the what that you were just saying. It is who I am right now, not what I was, not what you think I am, none of that. Who I am right now in this moment is who you need to be worried about. I could agree with that. I, I, I will give it a personal experience I had. I had somebody I knew that I had played sports with, and they transitioned. Uh-huh. And kind of recognized them, but didn't recognize them. And then when I finally recognized them, it was like, okay, now I, I, I was straightforward. I said, I don't know how to address you right now because you haven't told me a name, not told me that. And I just realized it who you are or was and I want to make the right steps in how to do that and they were looking at me like I'm talking out the side of my neck because I'm trying to be respectful because I just recognized who they were. I can't see who they are who they were mm-hmm. and they just looked at me like I was sudden like they were ready to, I'm like hey hey this ain't no time for clap back because I, before I know it, I'll be clap backing at you because I'm going to go right back into defense. I'm coming to you not in front of everybody. I already have pulled you aside to properly uh-huh. address you, and they took it a whole nother way. So hmm. that makes it sometimes difficult, too. Because hmm. how you deal with that? That? Is a, that? that is an interesting scenario to be in. Um, how close were y'all in relationship, if you don't mind me asking? Like, how well did y'all know each other? We played sports together. Okay. Um, was it like a team sport? Like, you know, I would see you at practice every now and then? Or like, oh, we hung out outside of practice a lot? Cause I, I... It was kind of a mixture, but, you know, this is during high school, after high school, and I've been out of high school over 20 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so reintroducing because it was a basically it was a class reunion and you looking at oh because some people did change you know sometimes you know our weight go up and down our facial stretch look a little different right or sometimes you know so when you do recognize you're trying to be respectful because i remember you in your cisgender i said that way identity to what you have transitioned to is your trans. So it's like I trying to be respectful, make sure it's pulled aside, talked a little low so people wouldn't hear the conversation what's going on to be respectful. And I still got backlash. So it's like, what do I do now? <laughs> uh, on that one, I can't answer. And that's where I went back to go back to what I said earlier about, you know, people might get upset and when I say people I'm referring to people on my side people in the LGBTQ community Uh Um, 
sometimes people just get it wrong. And it's not meant to be offensive when they do. Um, and sometimes it be, can be confusing for people. And that's okay, because I know it was a process for me to figure me out. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine somebody who's, you know, seeing me 10 years later. It's going to be a process for you to catch up as well. And I will say sometimes people in my community need to learn to give more grace, because it sounds like in that situation, more grace should have been given. Um, if you were being respectful, had pulled them, pulled them to the side. Um, but honestly, that's a, a difficult situation to be in. I can also understand how they would be very defensive in that situation. Because mm-hmm. honestly, if I had transition, if I do transition, I do not see me going back to the class reunion. That would just be a bit much. Because that would be a very difficult circumstance to find myself in. It could be. I, I hear you. But I think if if people saw you gradually start to over the years, and then you came to classroom, you had finished the transition, but everybody didn't see every step of it. They could be mindful of it and be like, you're trying to introduce yourself to see what name they're going by. Because they actually had a very general neutral name anyway. And uh-huh. they kind of kept it. So it's like, I just need to work on what my pronouns are with you, and I want to respectful, but you come at me. Like you better just chop my head off with a samurai sword, and when you had other people over oh, that just whispering and talking, they kept their same name. Yes. Just okay, as, so, what was your question? Because I didn't know they changed the name. I found out afterwards after that run in with them, they kept the same name. Oh, okay. They didn't have a name tag on. No, we didn't have that at the class reunion. It, it was a fun trying to... They, they said, let's see, can you remember who is who? That's how they came in there, because they had a name thing, and when you signed in, try to see, can you recognize who is who when you walk in? I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> and you see how it was terrible. <laughs> right, but, but I can also see that have been, you know, terrible for them too that whole night, because now it's question marks lying. Yeah, but I say because other than, you know, other people talking about it, I'm like, well, no, let's be respectful. Just ask what they, and, and be respectful to them. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, I think from that interaction, the thing I can take um, <laughs> the best from that interaction is that you did pull them to the side because a lot of times being under the spotlight is a lot. Being, you know, a trans person or being a non-binary person. Um, So interactions, especially if you're unsure, if you're getting to meet that person, interactions one-on-one could be for the best. Because that, you know, limits the amount of people that you're dealing with and kind of can put that person at ease. (sighs) But yeah, on, on that particular... I know you really can't, but it's just like one of the things like I just things like that when you're trying to be respectful to everybody in their place in their community, how they identify. You don't know the process, what they've been through as well. So I I did keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. 
because I didn't know if before I got there was a lot of talk, a lot of chit chat, and all that. And then he thought somebody sent me up there to see what was what. Right. So it's like one of the things like I said I can be catching hell for something what somebody else did, and I ain't even did nothing. I just arrived there, saw and they start wrecking. Oh, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking like and I, 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 somewhere in the middle of it, they saw my facial expression like, what? And they kind of just walked away from me. And I'm like, okay. I, after that, I kind of just went home. I said, this ain't for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I may run up somebody else to get a bit down. I, this ain't for me. Let me go ahead and go. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, that was it for me. <laughs> I was like, uh-uh. It's one of those things, like I say, that that is a super hard setting to be in in the first place. But um, even like that story just reminds me, um, there's a group that I used to facilitate back in the day called a family chat. And it was very centered on trans women and the experiences that they have, you know, in day to day life. And one of the things that um. You know, it broke my heart a little bit was hearing some of the older women talking, you know, they would be, you know, home and be hungry and want to go get something to eat and how much of a process that was for them to actually get up and go and find somewhere to go eat because it is, you know, there's so much anxiety centered around, you know, if I go into the wrong restaurant or if I go into the wrong place in the wrong neighborhood, is somebody going to say something? Is there going to be an issue? So they would spend a, an unusual amount of time driving around trying to find the right place where they could go and get food and actually be in peace and not be bothered. Um, wow. So thinking about things in that way and knowing that people are having those types of experiences where it's like, I, I have literally done nothing to no one. I'm just trying to go out and get something to eat. And yeah, that that's... is a barrier and a problem. That sounds traumatic. Yeah, and and I think when you think about it in that way and realize, you know, that's how people have been living the last, you know, 10, 20 years in some situations. Sometimes they could be a little sensitive. And sometimes they might, you know, pop off a little bit and it doesn't, the situation doesn't call for that. But, you know, they might be a little sensitive and defensive sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I get that, but, you know, it's like, Cause I didn't come back in attack mode. I just like, okay, this one just, cause it's like, got me a missing piece. Let me step back. Let me chill out because before, let me let the other side of me that I try to like say I've grown from rise back up and come back. Cause I'm like, yeah, yeah in high school I had some, yeah, I was crucial in high school. Say something to me, I would say son, try to hurt your whole generations, family generations back. So. <laughs> 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 I'm cute. I have to keep 100 because, because you know, I have I have. It's obvious that that listens to this, and then you try to act like you did. Uh, no, I done came a lot of, and I had a lot of growth. And I thank God for growth. I thank God for right. experiences with people, and even as you, that helped me grow and make sure to be mature and understand other people and their different uh, points of views. I love it. We thankfully, hopefully, we all grow a little bit in this world and in this life. And for those that don't, you can't do nothing but stay here. 
Rather than knowing our change is inevitable. You can grow with the change or resist the change. I'd rather grow with it and have wisdom with it. And as you said one thing, I don't have to endorse everything in the change. But understand it, respect it, and keep it going. Absolutely. Okay. This has been a nice conversation. Matthew, have you back on here just a few more times? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Just let me know. I definitely will. And um, as I always say when we're doing this show, that I, I, I look to inform and educate people. And my platform, it may not be the easiest to swallow. <laughs> but I do put the information out there for you to process. That's why I came up and said we're not made for everyone because we. I, I believe this platform and what you have put out there has educated people in a way that they like, oh, okay, that's what I need to do. Oh, I learned something from that and I'm glad I've learned from that and not saying a thing. Just like I have co-workers who are part of the community and all that as well and everything. And they say, I didn't know this, and that must be something I'm doing right. Thank God for that. They say, you have been the most, like, genuine, loving person who's compassionate for people to understand. Even though we may not agree on everything, even may not be a spot of the same nomination within churches, you have always showed respect to us and now how shun doesn't put us down. And that was surprising. They told me that within like last week or so. And it kind of still processing that, that doing something right. But I, at the end of the day, all I'm thinking about, I'm just being me. Right. So. I'm, I'll encourage you to keep being you. Be your genuine self, your fun self, educating self, outreaching self that you are. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I definitely will continue. I'd love to come back. If, you know, you have questions or anyone else has questions, I'm always open to talk. Okay. That's good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we had this conversation. I'm glad this... I'm glad people educate. That's what I'm really saying because, uh, you know, this just came from us, me and, me and a co-worker having a conversation. He could be on here today. But we just came with this whole platform, this podcast, because we'll have a conversation that were really about topics that need to be talked about and people to have a better education on. And this is how this was all created, because we are looking at, you know, the news comes from one perspective, social media comes from one perspective, but there is still a gap that needs to be filled so people can get the whole thing. Right. So, yeah. And, and that is the thing that is definitely as I've, you know, gotten older and learned, it's, um, for everything I think I know, there's so much more that I don't. There are Hello. so many other people with so many different experiences. And, and the fun part is when you have two different people experience the same thing from different perspectives. Yes. And it's like, oh, Really? You have two completely different stories just because, you know, you were standing and watching the same situation from the other side. So I actually, I I love it. I love, you know, what you're doing here. And I 
agree with it, you know, having conversations and having people on to get other people's perspectives is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm 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 the controversial preacher as you must know. I will talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want when the, when I talk about actually just the um, T and the LBTQIA, I, I'm going to have a, a counselor on as well when I have to talk about that topic because here's one thing is if we're going to talk about stuff, I need to have some people who are trained beyond me mm-hmm. and understand beyond me because I'm basically, as I say, sometimes I'm the table. And you be the floor, you be the plate, somebody be the cup, be the floor. So we have a whole setting so somebody can sit there and eat and get all the knowledge they need. Right. So, yeah. I appreciate you. I thank you, Lenny. Because, you you know, you just always a genuine person. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. All right. Until next time, listeners, this is We're Not Make Very Podcast. And we're signing off. Have a good one.